Welcome to the Civil War Regiment's podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, giving insight into the daily lives of the soldiers through diaries and more. The primary source of these entries are from the outstanding Time Life series, Voices of the Civil War. Today's account is from Voices of the Civil War, 2nd Manassas, an entry by Private Alfred Davenport of the 5th New York Infantry. At the Battle of 2nd Manassas in August 1862, after one day of fighting, both sides had been bloodied, with Stonewall Jackson's troops holding an entrenched railroad cut, while Federal assaults had failed to break his lines. The second day of battle brought Confederate reinforcements of Longstreet's Corps, but also saw some bad leadership decisions on the Federal side. General John Pope was determined to launch an all-out frontal assault, while he and his subordinates ignored warnings that Confederate reinforcements were converging on their now-exposed left flank. On August 30th at 4 p.m., Longstreet's 25,000 troops swept down on Pope's exposed flank. Hood's division with the Texas Brigade in the lead collided with the 5th and 10th New York Infantry, a scant of 1,000 men commanded by Colonel G.K. Warren. Two regiments which wore uniforms inspired by the French Army Zouaves. However, in less than 10 minutes, Warren's brigade was virtually annihilated. The Federal troops were shattered and put to flight. Davenport, a 25-year-old Zouave in Company G of the 5th New York, served in every battle of the Colfer Unit's two-year term of service. His dramatic account of the Zouave's doomed stand south of the Warrington Pike on August 30th appeared in one of his wartime letters, which he later used in writing a regimental history. Here follows his account. It was not long before a company of the skirmishers came in on our left, all much excited, huddled together in a heap, and much scared, and said that the enemy were coming on and were right on top of us on the left flank. But before any orders could be given to change position, the balls began to fly in from the woods like hail. It was a continual hiss, snap, whiz, and slug. Private Brady, who used to live opposite us in Lexington Avenue, in the wooden house, was the first one hit. He stood a few files from me. He fell without saying a word, struck in the body. He was dragged a few paces to the rear to be out of our way by our lieutenant when he undid his body belt himself. He died there. On account of part of the tent being drawn up in the woods in front of our right wing, only the companies on the left could fire. We commenced, but the rebels' fire was now murderous, our men falling on all sides. The tent had already broken and were flying to the rear. We had not fired more than two rounds before they were on us in front and flank, their object being to surround us. The order had been given to retreat and save ourselves, every man for himself, but we did not hear the order. The recruits began to give way, and then the whole regiment broke and ran for their lives. The rebels after us with their yells, meant to represent an Indian war whoop. They were Mississippi and Texas riflemen, and were six to one of us. They were in their shirt sleeves and came charging on, yelling for Jeff Davis and the Confederacy. There was no hope but in flight, of saving a man, 
All the time they were pouring in their deadly shots at short range picking out their targets. The battery we were supporting got off safe, leaving Captain Smead as commander and one of our best artillery officers, a graduate of West Point, dead on the field. Colonel Warren and Captain Winslow, who was acting in command of our regiment, being mounted got off safe, but it is a miracle. While running down the hill towards a small stream at its foot, I saw the men dropping on all sides, canteens struck and flying to pieces, haversacks cut off, rifles knocked to pieces. It was a perfect hail of bullets. I was expecting to get it every second, but on, on I went, the balls hissing by my head. I felt one strike me on the hip, just grazing me and only cutting a hole in my pants. I crossed the run in the wake of Warren, he being about a hundred yards ahead of me, with his red cap in his hand, his horse running at the top of his speed. I turned around to look behind once, and only once. That was enough to let me know there was no time to stop. I saw two or three rebel officers on horseback, their swords drawn and waving their men on. It occurred to me to turn and fire on them, but as quickly decided that it was folly, as I could not stop long enough to take any kind of aim, and I would become a mark for a score of rifles. So I kept on. Private Alfred Davenport, 5th New York Infantry Zouaves.